Welcome to FASD Family Life, the show for families by families, where we discuss parenting children and teens with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I am your host, Robbie Seal, FASD educator, advocate, and mom of four children with FASD. I know the struggle is real, but so is success. I hope that sharing my experiences can help you feel that you're not alone and that there is hope for you and your child with FASD. Welcome to the fourth episode of FASD Family Life, the podcast for families by families where we get real about raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Please take a second to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you don't miss any episodes of FASD Family Life. You can also share the podcast with your friends and family by copying the link in an email. Thank you so much for all the love I've received from listeners. I appreciate all of your comments and questions. And I'm so excited because today we're going to talk to the experts. I have with me today my amazing daughter, Elizabeth. She's agreed to be with me on the podcast to help me address some of your most important questions. In this episode, you're going to hear some rambling and some tangential speech. My intention for leaving some of this in is so that you can hear Elizabeth's answers in her own voice, as well as hearing what it can be like to communicate with someone with FASD. All right, Elizabeth, welcome to FASD Family Life Podcast. I'm so happy that you've agreed to help me with the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a 10th grade student and I like... Reading, drawing, coloring, ceramics, and baking. And you read a lot? Yes. Like one hour a day? I read more than one hour a day. And in school, when I first started getting into reading, and then I would always have multiple books in our binders, constantly pulling them out, and teachers had to constantly keep taking them away. So you and your twin sister used to always sneak books into your classroom? Yes. And the teachers had to say, Elizabeth, put that away. Yes, or they would have to take it, which always led to being futile. <laughs> How old were you when you, no, what grade were you when you started to read? Uh, I started to read in grade two, but I never really ended up liking it because I found it very hard to start reading. Then Miss Collins actually started helping me read, which then I started not being able to put down books. Which oh, was that grade me. three? Yes, grade three. Awesome, good. Um, so you like, those are a lot of indoor things. You like reading, drawing, coloring, ceramics, painting, that kind of stuff. Do you like going outside? Sometimes. It depends on if it's too hot or too cold. I don't normally like going out when it's too warm because I can sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's always a bunch of mosquitoes who love to bite me. And what do you think about insects? I hate them. Hate them. I can't stand spiders or mosquitoes. Thanks, Elizabeth. So sometimes parents ask me if they should tell their child that they have FASD. What do you think about that? Yes, parents should tell their kids that they have FASD because then they know that they will need help, that they're different, and that they shouldn't be afraid of that when they fall behind their other students if they're not in a special needs program. Excellent. Do you sometimes tell people that you have FASD? Uh, Yes. When I act differently, yes, I do. Um, So then they know that I do have a brain problem and that not to expect the exact same things from me as people who do not have any sort of brain disabilities. I think that's really smart. So you're able to advocate for yourself, speak up for yourself and say, hey, I have a brain disability or I have a brain injury. So I just need what? A little bit more time or I might act a little differently. Yes. And that's okay. Back in the day, school used to be really hard for you. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. What was hard for you about school? Uh, reading was hard for me, writing was hard for me, and the fact that, um, 
that in first and second grade, the that we only had teacher's assistant, which would spend time to help me and Annette, but um, they never really knew how to help us. They wouldn't try and engage us. They'll e they would either just tell us the A answer straight out because they would be frustrated, or they just say that you need to solve this. You should know this by now. And would you like it if they just gave you the answer straight out? I mean, I found it easy and good that they gave me this answer straight out, but then that led me to not knowing that stuff further on. And as we know, school is basically just repeating those things over and over, except just in more detail than the last year before. So you need to know it so you can do well in the next grade. Yes. Now you're in 10th grade and you're basically an honor student. Yeah. That's amazing. What do you think made the difference? What helped you? Well, we went to a school which the teachers were actually trained with kids who have ADHD, FVSD, and multiple other disabilities that prevent them from learning properly. Mm -hmm. And because those teachers were taught in it, they actually knew ways to help us. They gave us strategies which can help us either A, remember, or, or, they, or B, yeah, they can just make it easier for us to write it down. Exactly. So easier to write it down so maybe they would instead of you writing in your agenda what would they do um sometimes if it was like, like a, a reminder where we couldn't always write it they would have stickers out for us to put into our binder when we would show our parents yeah or sometimes they would scribe which means they would write it down for you while you say it in your own words if you're in writing class that really helped you when you were trying to do a writing assignment yes so if you were trying to do a writing assignment, maybe a creative story, how would they scribe? What would that be like? That's I'll have like the whole story in my head, mm -hmm. detail and everything. Mm -hmm. But I just find it that I can't write it down onto a computer. I can't write it down on paper and I can't say it out loud because I can never properly understand it, which then normally leads me to writing shorter paragraphs and staying at a fifth grade level writing. Yeah. What are some things that teachers have done? You mentioned scribing. What is it when they scribe for you? Um... So, sometimes, um, I never really had to scribe because even though I'm, I'm at a low writing level, I can still make, I can still get A's and B's in my writing classes. But when my friend, who would always have trouble writing down long words, the teachers would scribe for him. So then they would say, okay, how do you want your start to be? They would, they would start, they would say the start that they want to be, and then the teacher would write down and have them read it over and say, is this what you want? I like that. So the teacher didn't make it up. The teacher said, what would you like for you or your friend? And then the teacher could print it for you. And yes, then would... Yes, would describe the actions and everything, and the teacher would write it down for you. Awesome. And then the teacher would even write it back, read it back and go, is this what you wanted to say? Yes. So that's scribing. It's all of your own ideas, but the mm -hmm. teacher just helps you with writing. Yes. Have you ever had a teacher do scribing for you, maybe a long time? ago like on a science test or something like that or would they read the questions to you sometimes um a lot of the times in all my classes from like third grade to like ninth grade in the academy and and even now in 10th grade at victoria um they do read out the questions for people who are slower at understanding sometimes they'll do it in the same classroom and just tell the people who are ahead to work ahead when you mm -hmm. don't need to be read or sometimes the teacher will take the other students to the other classroom and read it to them there that's really good support then, isn't it? So mm -hmm. they're helping you succeed. You, you have the information. They, so the teacher just takes a, a child aside or is quiet in the classroom and just reads the question so that then you or somebody else can just hear it and then they're able to write it. Yes. What about if you have a hard time writing the answers but you know them? Have you... Circle like five centimeters. 
there's from like the distance mm-hmm. and then you underline the distance from the blank because that is a informational purpose yes. and then you would box a question like how far is the hypotenuse mm-hmm. from from b mm-hmm. so all these different strategies you highlight you circle you underline mm-hmm. so that you can break apart these at these questions, these math questions, and mm-hmm. you can identify what are the numbers you need, what's the question they're really asking. Yes. That's it. I wish I would have had that because I always had a hard time with those word problems in math too. I and mean, you keep so- mentioning Annette. Can you tell us who Annette is? Annette is my identical twin sister. And she didn't want to be on the mic today. No, she didn't. But she's pretty introverted, hey? She just wants to be on her own time um let's talk about home what are some of the extra or special supports or different things we do at home to make it better for you well and then i bought our own tablet to listen to music to just block out everything that's else is happening in the house with us so having music to be able to block out the extra noises or distractions or things yes. that stress you out you like listening to music yes okay what is something else at home that helps you do you think Sometimes we have like lists up or we have like on the, on the dishwasher. Well, for the dishwasher, it's because we always get confused on who's, whose section we, on what section we are. Right. So like tell top, us. Like bottom or utensils. Yeah, we forget, don't we? So tell us what we use on there so that we, we don't forget. We have a whiteboard, right? Yeah, we have a whiteboard with an A, B, and E to show. And then we switch every Monday. Like last week, I would be on bottom. Mm-hmm. And um, then today, on Monday, I would be utensils. That's right. So what we did is um, we made it a thinking-free environment. What Mm -hmm. we did is we grabbed a whiteboard from the dollar store. And in permanent marker, I wrote dishwasher. Mm -hmm. And then I broke it up. And we have three kids at home. So we broke it into three sections, Mm -hmm. top, bottom, and utensils, like Elizabeth was telling us. And then uh, the kids and I, we decided, how do we want to work this? And we agreed that every Monday morning, the schedule would change. So that's written on there in permanent marker too. And then with a whiteboard marker, we just use the kids' initials. And we write, like Elizabeth was saying, A for top, B for bottom, E for utensils, for example. Mm -hmm. And then on Sunday night or Monday morning, we erase that. If mommy remembers, we erase it. And then we just, we do a rotation. So everybody's letter slides down one. So it's always predictable, but nobody has to remember. And so I call that a strategy for success because it's a th- we created a thinking-free environment. We don't have to remember; it's just there. Yeah, Elizabeth, you helped me come up with a thinking environment, a thinking-free environment, oh, way okay. back when we built a TV room in the basement, and then there was all this fighting about who would use the basement. And Elizabeth, you came up with a thinking-free environment. Tell us what that is. Well, for us, when the TV was going on. Before I had bought my tablet, I only had a DS, which mm-hmm. then I always didn't always get to buy a bunch of DS games to play on it. Yeah. So now I would always get bored. But the thing is that Anna and Ben are also extremely pushy when it comes to things that they want. So I would always just be in the back and I'm just like, but I haven't had a turn yet. So and what's they the strategy you came up with? So I had enough one day because it's like, I never get my turn. True. And so what I think is just like, I went up to mom and said, Mom, do you think we could each have a day where we could have the TV room to stop all this fighting? And then she's like, yeah, why don't you make one? So I had all the days on the week. But Monday would be Ben. Tuesday would be Annette. Wednesday would be me. 
Thursday, Ben, Friday, Annette, Saturday, me, and then Sunday would be whoever gets there first. Sunday's the free-for-all. Yeah. And so, and you posted that, you made that list yourself, and you taped it to the door to the basement. Yeah. And it's been there for like two years now, and we still use that schedule. Yeah. And it really helps. And sometimes, sometimes you kids negotiate with each other to maybe share a day. Yeah. Especially on a day like today when there's no school then maybe somebody might share an hour of their whole day with the TV downstairs. Yeah. But sometimes negotiating works and sometimes negotiating doesn't work. Each other a fair chance is hard sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I have something else to ask you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that there's times when it's hard to have a conversation and then there's times when it's easier to have a conversation? Like uh, yes. even like with this podcast, it would. there's a time of day that's easier. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I'm a morning person, but an introvert, so that can be hard, too. Mm -hmm. I'll be, also, because of the fact that I'm an insomnia, always makes me wake up early, too, so, so there's insomnia. a lot of things in play. Yeah. So, I'm a morning person, and I'm also a night person. Hmm. So, when is the best time for you? Uh, kind of in the afternoon, mm -hmm. I guess, when I'm just like, okay, I'm still awake kind of thing. So kind of like mid-morning, yeah. like 9 o'clock to about 1 or 2 o'clock is kind of your best time. And yeah. then what kind of happens for you after school? Like I know after school, usually you take the bus home. And then do you feel like having a conversation by the time you get home? Or would you have the energy to do this podcast? Uh, I wouldn't. If it was after school, I wouldn't have the energy, any energy to do anything if I came here after school, I would not have the energy to do anything. I would be a little bit more grumpy. I'd be very sarcastic. Snarky remarks I'd be throwing all the way. <laughs> and so it's just not my thing to come back after school. Especially after all working, sitting, and walking around all day during ceramics. Do you think that's real? I think that's really important for parents to understand is when it's not the right time. When it's just not your thing and it's just not going to go well. Yeah, but then there's also some days where I'll just, like, wake up completely perfectly fine, and then I'm extremely talkative, and then you just, like, uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Who are you today? <laughs> yes, you're just like, oh, we're having a conversation now? Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Not every day is the same, but you know what? It isn't mm -hmm. for anybody. Yeah. Okay, so here, Elizabeth, I have a question. Yeah. Um, what would you want to tell parents who have a child with FASD and maybe they're just learning about this disability? What would you want to tell them? Well, one thing you would need to know is that you'd want to let the teachers know as well so then they know that they will need extra help. You're, you're also going to need to commit to helping and learning how they end up starting to react, things mm -hmm. that can easily help them better. Do you think that kids who have FASD um, have big reactions? Um, it depends on what, it depends on what kind of reactions. So is it like... Let's say to, hmm? what about clothes that are buggy? Well, for me, clothes that are buggy, I'm, I'm barely able to handle a seam in pants. So I'm very picky with my clothing. And then I go with like two for a couple of years, constantly washing them and wearing them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's also extremely hard to find proper pants that I like to wear. But also... Because of the way I learned to walk, I put more pressure on my heel and pinky toe, which makes my feet sore extremely quickly after walking for a long time. So we so. have to be aware that things bug you very easily mm -hmm. and also things hurt kind of easily. Yes. 
And what about when somebody gently touches you, but you're not expecting it? Like, let's say they bump into you. How does that feel to you? Well, if it's bump into me, I know it's probably an accident. But if it's like a poke on my back, I'm going to scream, ah, or ow. Because it's like either hit like a a vein Mm. that I had no idea that that someone was going to tap me and poke me in that and put all the pressure into that one spot, which then causes my brain to perceive that as hurt instead of just like oh hello yeah it your brain perceives it as hurt but if you if you know it's going to happen like if you say elizabeth i'm going to touch you or i'm going to touch you gently then you're like oh okay yeah you don't always need to tell me i just need to make sure that i can i either know that you're behind me Um. or you are in front of me and like like making like gestures to say that you're going to touch me kind of way and I also, th- never touch my kneecaps. That tickles and makes me screech. Yeah, makes you screech. What about a hug? Do you prefer if somebody asks you if they can give you a hug? Yes, I prefer it to if someone asks me to give a hug. Now I'm going to ask you about sleep. People often ask me about sleep problems. Babies, children, adolescents, and adults mm-hmm. who have FASD typically have problems sleeping. It's part of the brain. And so they have a hard time maybe falling asleep or they have a hard time staying asleep. And they might wake up really early or might not be able to wake up very early at all. Like everybody's different, but sleep is often a problem. Do you have trouble falling asleep? I have trouble falling asleep and I also have problems staying asleep because I can be slightly discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like I could be slightly cold and clammy and I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Or I can hear like a slight bump outside my window and I can be like, oh my gosh, is there a dog in the backyard? Mm Mm-hmm. Or... And after I take my pills, it would normally take like two hours to actually, till I actually start feeling an effect. So what helps me fall asleep quicker is that I eat to help my medicine digest a lot quicker and get that moving through my system. And that's a good idea. And what if you just, so let's say you ate and that helps. And what if you're lying in your bed for a while and then you go and you start to feel a little bit hungry. Can you ignore that and say, I'm gonna be asleep, I'll be fine? Or if you start to feel a little bit hungry, what do you need to do? Um, so it kind of depends if, it kind of depends on if I'm hungry or hungry. Yeah. So if I'm like the first one is just like, okay, I'm slightly hungry and I'm not feeling sleepy yet, I will go and eat. But if I feel hungry and I already feel like really sleepy, because like for me, when I when my medicine takes effect, I feel lightheaded and like my head is a giant weight. Yeah, okay. Hey, so then I can get dizzy sometimes if I move up too quickly. If I'm feeling dead, I'm just like, I'm not hungry, I'm just bored. Oh. And then I'll fall asleep again. Okay. Yeah, you need a lot of like, sleep, don't you? Yeah, I need seven or eight hours to fall asleep. What do you do if you wake up in the night? Um. So what I do have, is that sometimes what I do is that um, if I don't have any with me, um, I'll go wake up my mom and ask for clonidine or melatonin. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she'll give me both and sometimes she'll give me double. So then I can take a melatonin and clonidine and then have two more if I do wake up in the middle of the night. And then those just kind of just like stay on my desk desk in case I do wake up another time. So then I don't need to wake them up in the middle of the night to ask them. Yeah. We don't have a stash there, do we? But we just mm-hmm. have like enough for one night kind yeah. of thing. You said earlier that when you come home from school, you're tired. Your brain's done a lot of work. You're tired. You've had a lot of people around you. So you're pretty tired at the end of the day. What time do you usually go to bed at night? Um, 
Well, the doctor even said that I need to go starting to start going to bed later on. So I used to go about at seven, but even then, and then I would stay up and not pro even take our pills. We'll just take like a cup of water and pretend to take it. <laughs> then we'll take that up to our room and not take it until it's later in the night. Because you wanted to stay awake a little bit longer. Okay. I knew we needed to stay awake a little bit longer because I realized that I would be waking up at five. Yes. At five in the morning when I normally wake up at six. So now that you are 16... What time do you take your pills now? I take my pills at 8, mm -hmm. and I go to bed at 9. Sometimes, if I my pills are, I haven't taken in, and or I don't feel like going to sleep, I'll stay up till 9.30-ish. Yeah. But and then I still go to bed. Yeah, you're good. You always go to bed. And what do you do? So, and what what's the other thing that happens at 8 o'clock? Tablets. Um, tablets down. So, no electronics after 8 o'clock. No electronics after 8 o'clock. We don't always do that. Because, like, at, da at, our, at dad's at, house. our dad's house, um, he lets us keep our tablets in our room. And then and I would, like, read to help us fall asleep. Yeah. And that listens to music to help her fall asleep. And I will wait until I'm tired and fall asleep after yeah. reading. And that's on the weekend when, when you're there. So that's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's and so you usually take your pill. So tablets are down at 8. You take your pills at 8. And then at your right, it usually takes you an hour, sometimes a little bit longer to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you usually make your tea and have a snack. Yes. Right? And chill out usually in your room. What time do you usually wake up in the morning? I normally wake up at 6 in the morning, sometimes mm -hmm. 6.30. Mm -hmm. But it also depends if I fell asleep normal. Then I think that's all the questions I have for you, Elizabeth. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, well, thank you so much for being with me on the podcast. It was really fun. We almost never get to do this one-on-one -on -one thing together. So, And nobody interrupted us. I mean, I'm amazed. When, I mean, except when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. So then just chill on the couch and start laughing with you. Well, that's true because we might watch a comedy or something like that. Yeah, or we just have a random talk. A random talk. Those are fun. I didn't ask you earlier, what are some, you're 16 years old, you're starting to think about what you might do after high school. What are some things that you're thinking about? Well, to start maybe getting me off my feet, I might take up lifeguarding as a part-time job oh. and, and maybe even like uh, working at like, like taking drinks orders or like, um, or showing people where they sit at a, at a restaurant. Oh, like a hostess job. So you just yeah, walk hostess. people to their job kind of thing. Yes. Or not to their job, but you walk people to their table. Okay. Yes. So that's an interesting idea. You thought about, uh, you told me a while ago about being a real estate agent. What was that? Oh yeah. So at school we had like this work day where like we'd have like online videos with like people who worked on those jobs and say, and see what kind of certificates you need to get that job what kind of attitude you need to get that job how your work times and and you thought that one would be kind of fun yes because i am talkative and real estate agents also work mainly inside and out for like outside maybe 10 minutes waiting for the client to come so that's important so it has to be an inside job and not too much standing because yeah. your feet get tired and you like talking. I mean, if I'm going to be a real estate, real estate agent, I'm not going to be wearing heels like normally. I'm going to be wearing like a suit if I have to. And just comfortable shoes. Yes. Definitely. Comfort is everything, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Okay, Elizabeth, this was really awesome. I want to really thank you for being with me on the podcast. I know that the parents who are listening and the social workers that are listening are going to learn so much from what you said today. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think you would come back another time? Uh, sure. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. High five.
Wasn't that fun? Thank you for joining me on FASD Family Life, a podcast for families by families raising children and teens with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I hope you'll join me again for a future episode. New episodes are released every Friday on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share to make it easier for others to find FASD Family Life. Next episode, we will discuss accommodations that enable children and youth with FASD to have their best experiences at home, school, sports, and in the community. I will share some of the tricks I've learned from other parents and that I have discovered in my own experience raising four kids with FASD. Do you have a behavioral symptom that you're struggling with and you'd like me to discuss on the show? Do you have questions about accommodations that will help your child reach his full potential? Do you have questions about FASD? please email me at the show at fasdfamilylife at gmail.com. And please remember to share the podcast with your friends and family so they can learn about FASD. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. I know it's precious. Until next time, remember the struggle is real, but so is success. I'll speak with you soon.